There are many wonderful people adding to the positive outlook of a backcountry and hunting lifestyle. Our goal is to join them in promoting that outlook. Welcome to the Backcountry Dreaming Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and tactics of our outdoor pursuits. Welcome to the Backcountry Dreaming Podcast. This is Chad Fix, not your normal host. But we still have a full house with Brian and Joe, and we brought along a special guest, my father, Tom Fix, as a salute to fathers <laughs> <laughs> episode. <laughs> and uh, so what we wanted to do is uh, kind of give a, a little shout out to all the fathers in our lives that um, I know that mothers have introduced us to the outdoors, but uh, to another extent, fathers have as well. And so uh, this episode is really a focus on and a tribute to our fathers uh, for what they've done. And so I guess we'll take it away from here. So welcome to the show, Pops. Hey. Happy Father's Day to all you guys. So we kind of, uh, I guess when I was first introduced on the podcast, was it episode four? Um, My backstory was, really it was about my father, yep, my dad, yep. Tom, um, and we're actually in the garage that I actually mentioned, but now it's not a garage per se. It's his taxidermy shop. <laughs> We've got about, uh, about 60 birds around. Yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so the real reason what brought me into the outdoors was, well, to me was, was dreaming about waterfowl hunting and, and hunting in general, but, um, the focus now is, is on my dad and pops, what, uh, I guess we can just jump right into it. What, what got you into it? What, uh, what's your backstory? Oh, well, I started out, Hey, I was in Fridley when I was a little kid and I was probably six years old and I hung around once in a while with guys that were probably 10 at the time, 10, 11 years old. And we'd go out in the woods, and I, there's a creek back there. This is in Fridley, right off of 65. Is that there's Rice little, Creek? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. It runs under the highway. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And there's a little uh, electric plant over there. Yeah. And that was a, a long walk back when you were a little kid. But we'd go back there, and I'd go with these guys with their bows and arrows. <laughs> they're 10 year olds and they're hitting rabbits with with blunt tips but what? they're hitting them and i'm like these guys can shoot <laughs> yeah. and one of them actually took one down um and there's i fish in the creek once in a while caught some carp and and all that and then uh, due to a tornado in 65 that took our house we moved to golden valley and I was right behind Byerly's, mm. and there's a creek in my backyard. Yep. I know and so that I, creek too. <laughs> yeah, so I, I caught creek chubs. Uh, once in a while, we caught crappies. I caught the only sunfish I know of out of the group of guys I hung with. But I hung out with athletes, and then I had a group of friends that loved the woods. And so I, I hung out in the woods a lot. I collected butterflies. Um, oh, yeah. 
when I was a kid, so I know all my butterflies, I know my bird sounds, I, all that stuff. But uh, in the athlete department, one of the guys in third grade had a pellet gun, a crossman pellet gun. And we tormented squirrels <laughs> bad. <laughs> but it, it just uh, got me into hunting. Mm -hmm. And just, I love to be out in the outdoors. Um, it was just awesome. And as I, I grew older, uh, I bought my first shotgun at 16. Nice. I think for 50 bucks, I, a semi-auto Remington that worked for about a year. And How old were you? 16. Jeez, can't do that anymore. No, <laughs> no. you bought it. I did. You bought it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Stuck I don't in there and, walking rice and I don't re <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall filling out paperwork either. <laughs> I did. I think I just bought it. Yeah. And it, like I say, it's a used gun. But uh, you know, and I went out with the guys that I knew that were hunters, fishermen. Uh, his dad took me out squirrel hunting with a twenty-two, and then I went out with him when I was sixteen, uh, duck hunting. A couple times, pheasant hunting. I still remember my first duck I shot, my first pheasant I shot. I nice. forgot the grouse. I don't know how I could forget the grouse. <laughs> how? <laughs> yeah. Out of all the birds. <laughs> but then as I journeyed to, I went to Robbins Hill High School, and then I journeyed to uh, Mankato State, played basketball there. But then you run into hunters. Yeah. And so I was able to do a lot of uh, pheasant hunting out there. But I had a buddy that had a cabin in Alexandria mm. on Carlos Lake, and they had their own duck hunting slough about an hour's drive from there. And we would go out there. It's probably and, one of the ones I hunt now. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I literally hunt about an hour from Carlos Lake. Yeah, I, I mean, and we shot a lot of different birds. Yeah. We, we had one journey where we, uh, MEA weekend, we shot 11 different kinds wow. of birds on there. That's so awesome. anywhere from wow. a blue wing to a blue bill, um, yeah, that's awesome. And everything in between. It was just an awesome, awesome time. But I, I learned how to shoot, and I learned how to hunt. I just that's a good place to what, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and you got to be able, to in a place it. where you actually get shots. Yeah. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. But I've I made a lot of mistakes, and that's the nice thing about having a son is you can tell them how to avoid stupid mistakes. <laughs> Always trust your dog. You know, I didn't do that so many times, yeah. and I got the only pheasant you see that day is the one that, well, there it goes. Um, you know, but things like that, never quit. And that's, that's a sports thing my dad taught me. You yeah. never quit. You always give your all to everything. And so I try and pass those things along. Uh, to my son. Yeah. I'd say Chad kind of figured that out. Kind of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the first thing we, when we all started getting together and talking about hunting and different things that you, you can tell when somebody's had a really good mentor because mm -hmm. you come in contact with them and they, they recognize the intricate things, not just the, not just the baseline hunting details. They, re right. they recognize the interesting intricate things that not not everybody recognizes yeah. and that's something chad embodies so we're like man and when he told us about you on that that first podcast we got together yeah. uh you know it th 
could start to hear those stories come to life. And now that's it's an honor to sit down, especially in here with all these birds. It's just beautiful in here. Honestly, I when I was up on Lake Superior, like a month or two ago, I was up there on the North Shore with some buddies and we were fishing outside the French River. And there was a couple mallards sitting on a rock, like 20, 30 feet down from us. And I looked over and I was like, I grabbed one of the guys. I was like, you see the color of that duck's feet? I got a buddy who's got a dad who really loves looking at the color of the duck's That's feet. Right. And I never thought about it until then. But now, honestly, every time I look at a duck, if I see him standing, I'm like, Wow, look at how vibrant those feet are. If you're listening, if you're a listener right now and you're wondering what in the world we're talking about, (laughs) go back and listen to, I think it was, I think Chad's right, I think episode four, Waterfowl (laughs) with Chad Fix, and uh, we talk about his dad loving duck feet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) this isn't a roast, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) No, and it's not at all. Honestly, like like I said, I never... It was something I never really paid attention to yeah. before. I paid attention to it like after I shot a duck, I'm looking them all over and I go, oh, those feet are kind of cool, but I've never really actually admired it. But now when I see it, like like in a situation like that where you're up on Lake Superior standing in the water and everything's kind of drab. Yeah. And then you see a duck standing on a rock and it's like, yeah. that's what you see. You don't even, I don't even see the green head anymore or the beak. I see the feet if they're standing like that. And it's just like, that is amazing how yeah. bright it is and how yeah. much it stands out. It's really cool. So I, yeah, I'm not picking on you. I think it no, is pretty No, mean. no, no. <laughs> but I, I've always like, I got a buddy. He's got a dad. Really likes duck feet. That's, <laughs> that's the most overlooked duck there is because mm-hmm. you see them all the time. Yeah. I think they're a beautiful duck. Oh, I agree. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So um, when you just growing up in this area hunting, I know – my grandfather's the one who introduced me to the outdoors for the most part up in the Aiken area, but he grew up in the Spring Lake Spring Lake Park area. Yeah. Um, and it's just interesting now we're sitting here with, you know, my grandfather in a certain generation and then you and then us. It's interesting how much this area has changed. Because yeah. I remember my grandpa talking about hunting, like in Spring Lake Park, and now you're like, where at? <laughs> yeah. Where were you hunting, you know? And, and uh, to... Th- to him there, we used to be a lot different. So I suppose yeah. you've seen this area that you've hunted change over the years dramatically. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. used to hunt bow in Maple Grove. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's all condos and houses. When sure. Elm Creek used to be just basically almost like wilderness. It yeah. was it was mm-hmm. Boy Scout camps and Well, like, we had jackrabbits right across the street. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And, I, I and we had beavers in the ponds back there. Yeah. Uh, but they're gone now. Yeah. So it it's uh, it's been real unique. It's yeah. quiet back there. But. Yeah, it's my uncle grew up in Fridley. I uh, graduated in the in the seventies, and he had um, he told me like he was a Boy Scout. And every time I talk about Elm Creek, he's like, "Yeah, I used to love going back there when we were Boy Scouts and stuff." I'm like, "Yeah, it's, it's a lot different now. Yeah. There's twenty miles of paved path right. and mountain bike trails and everything else, and it's still." gorgeous and i still love going out there but you know it's different than what he grew up around you know and he talks about that and then i had a friend who uh my wife's uncle actually he moved to ham lake because he could hunt like two miles up the road and he hunted lake netta 
in Ham Lake, which used to be a really great waterfall lake. And then it was like four years after you moved there, I think it was 88, they shut down hunting on that lake because there's too many houses on it. And yeah, so like since then, it's kind of just gone downhill. And now he lives up in Squaw Lake. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> now he can hunt off his dock. <laughs> well, that's the sprawl because where we hunt in Andover, 500 acres, they sold half of it and they're selling the other half. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, he, my buddy took me back there bow hunting. You know, we kind of lost, Mike, we lost touch for a few years. And, mm-hmm. and he says, well, you still hunt? And I go, absolutely. And he goes, do you bow hunt still? Yeah. And so he took me back and I shot a doe the first day. And, and about two hunts later, I shot 12 point buck back there. Nice. A nice one. It's, yeah. it, it made the books on the bottom end. Yeah. And but then they said I couldn't hunt back there anymore because that they could have shot that one with a shotgun. <laughs> like, really? That's awesome. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So back in the day when we fir- you first built this house, New Salem Creek, we were like, nice. Yeah. As compared to when we were in Maple Grove, there really wasn't anything. No, there's nothing. So and like we were saying, I can walk back here. Lehman's Lake is, yeah, you know, a couple of blocks away from here. Mm. I've been I've been walking those trails back there for twenty seven years, and I've seen maybe fifty people. Yeah, you've probably seen me back there before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually run back there a lot, and, and Lehman's Lake, the, the little like hobo trails around yeah, the lake yeah, and stuff, yeah. we we run those a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I've seen red-breasted mergansers out yeah. there, a lot of swans. We've had swans roosting in there in the fall, oh, and yeah. you come out here at night and listen to them, and it's just an eerie sound they make. Yeah. I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of them out there <laughs> so and, and there's always coyotes out here yeah um but they weren't here at first yeah it yeah. took a while for them to, i don't know where they all came from mm. so yeah so what was um i'm just kind of looking at this from the perspective of you my wife and i are starting to talk about having kids uh chad's getting married here and and you know looking towards that joe already has kids jeff has kids cody they're talking about having kids some these are some people on our contact outdoors team and what were some some vital thoughts or pieces of advice that you could give fathers or mothers um, just with young kids about you know making sure that you're doing justice to get kids in the outdoors like what kind of take us through your thought process with chad was it just kind of a I'm bringing them out there wherever I go, or was it more deliberate in your thought process with them? Well, I have, a, I have an older daughter. Um, I wanted my kids to decide for themselves. Sure. I wanted to put opportunities in front of them so they can actually see what's out there. Mm-hmm. And my daughter chose to go a different route. Uh, she was in plays and stuff like that. And, hey, I love going to plays. That's not my deal, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. Um, with him... I, you know, we would walk over to, what was it, Fish Lake over there, or in uh, Fish Off, just right by the dock. Oh, Bass Lake. Bass Lake, yeah. Yeah. And so we'd fish away from the dock where everyone was and and catch fish, and he was just a little squirt. 
Yeah. Um, you wear your waders, and I wore trash bags around my feet. Yeah. That was my waders. <laughs> <laughs> Should have just put a big trash bag on your waders. You're like, they're too big for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But, and then we, you know, I took him up to Itasca with. Uh, uh, a buddy of mine and his daughter, which was, she was 11, you were 10, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, well, it was actually, I want to say maybe when I was about seven or eight. It could when be. I first we, we went a few times. There. And yeah, we went up there with, with family when you were really young. And then John and his daughter would come out when, when we were a little older. And we'd troll the back bay and stuff, and we'd catch hundred some northerns in two and a half days just hammer handles mainly yeah. but we caught some nice ones but i you know what i just wanted to introduce him to the, to the wild yeah the place i used to bow hunt in maple grove they had the metro hunt out there early season and so i would bring him with me when geez yeah. you were really young then. Mm-hmm. and uh you know just watch what it's about it's a easy hunt mm-hmm. um and then after a course of time, actually, I brought him out there when I'd bow hunt, too. I'd put him in a stand, and yeah. then I would go somewhere else. And and he would tell me, I saw two young bucks fighting, and I'm like, I didn't see anything. <laughs> 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 I'm the shooter here, you know? <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, so he's... He got introduced to it, but he still has to make a decision what to yeah. do. You know, he's seen, seen me bring all this stuff home with me, and and he's just all over it. Yeah, and I think that's the best route to take yeah. with if you want to actually, if you want somebody to go out and hunt or go out and fish or go out and do whatever it is that you're interested in later on in life, you can kind of force it upon them if you need to. But if you want to. If you want that person to be passionate about it yeah. and grow it into anything more or take it any further or take it take a conservation standpoint or anything with it, I think that's the way you have to do it. Yeah. And I think that's uh, my parents did it that way. And I now I've got a kid that's six and a kid that's four. And I do it that way with fishing. My six year old last year just it just took off like yeah. it, all the way up until then. It was always like 10 minutes and he was done. Last year, you cannot get him off the lake until it's dark. See, he was done when he was young, too. He had a Snoopy pole, and he caught about eight, ten nice sunfish. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'm done. And I'm like, well, fine. The other kids want to fish. I'll fish with this pole. Well, then I found out. This is new to me. (laughs) Then I found out there's no drag on his, his reel. It's just arm power oh. bringing us <laughs> and I'm like yeah I can see you get tired here no power steering on that <laughs> no, <one. laughs> but, yeah it's just introducing them mm-hmm. and um, I even think of you know my my wife says well what'd you talk about when you went fishing with them and I'm like I don't know. Well, you were with them for three and a half hours, and it's like, I don't... And so I said, fine, I will pay attention to what we said. And we go out, and I come back, and she says, what did you talk about? And I said, we just screwed around the whole time and caught fish. (laughs) But but see, you're having fun with Mm -hmm. your kids. You're joking around, you're making fun of each other, but you're you're seriously fishing. Right, Mm -hmm. right. So... What a way to relax, though. 
Yeah. 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 No, I agree. Yeah, there were no birds and bees in the bees talks with that. No. At all. No. No. <laughs> whatsoever. No, never. Never. No. And maybe was... that's that's just it is um it, it's kind of like uh in maybe well, I don't have kids, uh, but hope to someday. But I feel like I when I look at my dog and depending on the mood that I have with you... my dog, they can read it. Yeah. They know yeah. exactly. And I feel like I probably for the for some part, I mean a kid can be quite selfish at times, but they can read their parents because they look up to their parents more yeah. than anything. And so when yeah. they see that their parents are enjoying something, um they may be a little bit more akin to actually taking that on. Um, but not forcing. So like when they're in that moment, um instead of having a serious conversation or something like that, it's no, we're just, we're just hanging out here. Yeah. Like there's, we're not talking about vacuuming the, no. the steps when we get back or something <laughs> like that, or taking out the trash. It's like, no, like this is a, in a way like a fortress of solitude where, yeah, yeah like, I agree. That's exactly how I feel about it. And I do agree that kids pick up on, every little thing and they see you relaxing they see you having fun and they're going to pick up on that and that's going to be something that they're going to look forward to Mm -hmm. in life because it's not every day no matter what a parent says you know um tom's maybe been out of it long enough where maybe it's all bliss in his eyes but (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm in the midst of the battle zone i'm in the trenches every day and and i can say that it's not that way and so when we do get those moments where it's like yeah let's just go sit in a boat the youngest if he comes along which he doesn't always come along but if he comes along he's playing with the worms he's playing with the minnows he's not even paying attention to the fish that's That's fine fine. yeah the oldest is fishing like crazy and going bananas to a point where i'd never even throw a line in the water and that's perfectly fine to me i'm still relaxed i'm still having fun and i'm still enjoying myself and just watching that and it's it's it goes both ways when the kids are both happy and having fun it's hard not to be happy and having fun mm-hmm. alongside with him. So, but see, the the thing is, when he was real young, his mom taught him that night crawlers bite. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we had a rain one day, and we were going to go fishing in a couple of days. And I said, "Let's go out in the street and pick up night crawlers." And he says, "I'm not. No, those things bite." <laughs> I'm like, where is the teeth on this thing? And so he goes out and he says, Mom, I was picking up Nightcrawler with his dad. And she's like, those things can bite. And he's like, no, they can't. Show me the teeth on this thing. But see, your your kid's playing with bait. So he's going to be baiting his hook pretty soon. Yeah, we already, like on Memorial Weekend, we were up at my in-law's place and they're up on, they're up on Potlatch land up by Squaw Lake. So he's got 40 acres and we literally like drive the four-wheeler, find down trees, flip the logs over, look for worms. And yeah. we, we grabbed all of our own bait before we went out. We dug up, he keeps a tarp on the ground that he flips over when he wants worms. And so we got all of our own bait and went out and the kids were all out there helping out, getting the bait and stuff. So they have no problem with the worms. They have no problem with the fish. It's just, yeah, the youngest, his attention span isn't there for fishing quite yet. But he casted his own line on Memorial yeah. Day and he's four years old and awesome dude i i I would just tell you as a young parent always be real with your kids yeah yeah because they'll Mm. bust you in a second yeah 
Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, out, the outdoors is meant to be fun. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I, you know, I was trying to, one of the questions he was asking me, I was trying to think of an answer and it's like, I've never been disappointed when I've hunted with him. Sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was frustrated. But, Have you ever frustrated. been frustrated? No. No. <clears throat> I mean, I I can't think of a time I was. Yeah. Mm. You know, the nice thing is, even when I had to do all the work and, yeah. and the kids are sitting in the blinds, um, it didn't bother me at all. And I'm See, picking and up I... the birds and stuff because now they do it. And, and I'm not too proud to say, when they told me one day, why don't you sit in the blind with your dog and we'll set up everything? Go, All right. go for it, guys. Sounds go good. for it. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I can think of one time my dad was frustrated with me, and that was because he couldn't get it. My phone had died. My GPS was lost. And me and my little brother were stuck in the bottom of a canyon, and it, the temperature dropped significantly. Ooh. And we were in Montana, and we were packing out an elk, and we were lost oh, for a little bit. That's... So he was, when I got back to the truck, he was pissed. Yeah. It was midnight. And I shot my bull at four o'clock, yeah. and so he was pissed. But I've, and it's understandable, yeah, totally understandable. Yeah. But in that situation, I was like, I, I'm sorry, I, there was nothing I could do. Like mm -hmm. I had to get it out of there, yeah. and I have no way of communicating. But you know, for the most part, yeah. I just, he's told me a million times, like if I've shot something or he did, like my first bull that I killed was bigger than any bull he's ever killed, and he's shot elk for he's been hunting elk for over 30 years mm -hmm. and he just showed up and he's like holy shit this is awesome yeah i'm, I'm like yeah i'm pretty excited he's like no this is awesome i would way rather have you get the big bull than me any day and he was super pumped and wow. that was that was pretty cool because that was the year after like he started having like health issues and wow. stuff so that was really cool to have yeah. that happen but yeah it's i totally get what you're seeing like even just now you know when i took out when I took out my kids when they were two and four, I wasn't frustrated. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was just too much fun watching them. Oh, yeah. They're just, yeah. Yeah. Like Chad said, no kids here yet, but it's one of those things that you see, you see the outcome of, even though you're not involved with being the mentor, you're the mentee. Like my grandfather, uh, two years ago, I was sitting in the Minneapolis airport getting ready to go to Alaska for the first time. And that was also the same day that we had my grandfather's funeral. Yeah. And it was really interesting. It was this feeling of like, <clears throat> you know, sad that he's gone. But at the same time, I was sitting in the position that he always wanted to be in, but never got the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And I was sitting there because of him, you know, yeah. it was like it, it, that, that kind of stuff hits you hard yeah. when, when, when you're in that position, you know, like you said, your dad's, you know, health issues and, you know, my grandfather passing, it was like, you you come to an age where you really, really, you put it together and you realize how important this really was and mm -hmm. how really passing these traditions down, um, can't the, the importance of it can't be overstated. Yeah. You know, it's just really important. I think the latest statistics I've heard, hunting statistics, and they're, all, they're continually dropping yeah. drastically. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, and chances are we, we you know, a lot of times you hear in the conservation world, we are right now, everybody talks about the heydays. Uh, and, and in a lot of ways, we're in the heydays yeah. right now of many species in North America. And so, you know, you, you think about that and then you think, what's this going to look like in 
50 years. Yeah. You know, I think, I think 6%, you know, of, of Americans hunt. Mm -hmm. I think that's the last, yeah, I think that's the last statistic I heard. And if you're listening, don't quote me on it, go look it up. But I think it was like around 6%. Yeah, it's low. I know that. Really low. So it's, it's important for those of us that have had, that have been blessed to have someone that's mentored us to make sure that we continue that. If it's not with our kids, with someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't have to be a kid. I've been hunting side by side with him for 22 years. Yeah. Wow. So that's awesome. Well, I had kids when I was younger, so I'm able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I have just as much fun as they do, but you know, the, the most rewarding thing you're going to see, especially hunting, um, is watching them shoot stuff. Yeah. That's what my dad always says. He's like, I would rather, way rather watch you shoot something than ever shoot it. And we actually went out one day, my buddy and I went with him and, and he just, my buddy just said, Chad, you take the first shot. And we'll just back you up. And he's like, "Well, no, let's just get let's get our birds." And and he's like, "Your dad and I have shot so many birds; it doesn't matter." <laughs> and actually, I think he went three for three on the first three shots or saw. Um, and then I think five came in, and we dumped three of those. But um, yeah, that my reward when I hunt now is watching my son hunt and watching my dog hunt, mm-hmm. and that's. That's yeah. my joy in it. Yeah, I love to shoot my gun, uh, and that comes in with the dog play. Yeah, and you know we go to a game farm once a year, uh, last last hunt of the season. Yep, and there again, we're just having a blast. Yeah, we do the same thing, and I've I've never apologized for it because to me it's it's so much fun to to do it, and there's a, the to watch the dogs play. You know, in yeah. a situation like that, it's just, it's so much fun. But the cool thing is my son's got his own dog. Yeah. Well, that's where my, so, yeah. my dad got, my dad got to the point <laughs> well, where. Well, not that, not that he was using my dog, but he's got his own dog. I mean, yeah. he's, he's come that far now uh, where he's, he, how many dogs did it? I've hunted with seven dogs. How many have you hunted with? Two. Well, no, I mean with my dogs. Oh. Probably five or so. All Cat. of them except Amber, the first All one. All but Amber, okay. Mm. So, you know, and for him now to get his own dog, and, you know, I'm obviously the biggest cheerleader for his dog and yeah. him. That's uh, just, awesome. Yeah, that's, it is awesome. It is. And I've, I've seen that too because that's how it was with my dad and I. He had dogs when we were growing up, and he doesn't have them anymore just because he's older and he's yeah. due to the point where he's just – you know, about to retire, he doesn't want to have dogs. So he invested in a dog with my younger brother, and then we hunt that dog as well. But then my dad, my dog ran away one time, and he called me up, and he's like, what's wrong with you? And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, get that dog microchipped. That's the best damn dog you're ever going to have. Yeah. Go get a microchip. <laughs> and again, like you said, he's like the biggest cheerleader for him. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can kind of see that. That would be pretty cool to see yeah. your kid come back and have a good dog and yeah, yeah it's fun. Yeah, I got a, a one and a half year old now. Yeah. So she'll be in her second year and I'm just from last year working with her. And now it's like, Oh my goodness, this, <laughs> this dog's got it. Yeah. yeah. She, it out. she absolutely <laughs> yeah. arm signals, everything. Yeah. She, wow. she That's just awesome. doesn't phase it. You know, 
she's not phased at all in what yeah. she does. She just goes. That's one super of the best. sidetrack. We talked about dogs in a prior podcast, but again, there's evidence. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. Let your dog figure things out. Don't force them into situations because, like with kids, exactly, yeah. they're gonna figure they're the it same out. thing as a kid. Yeah, let them have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's you know he got into a bad thing with his dog, and I just kept saying, okay, come with. We're gonna put you on your own pond. Yeah, and shoot ducks. And he says, well, no, I'll just no shoot ducks. Let her have fun. And so he did that, and then he came out with my dog Indy, who just she has a blast. She's she's a pass shooting phenomenal dog. <laughs> She'll find oh, everything. <laughs> and she went out with my dog Indy and she came up to all the dead birds that Indy put next to me to smell them and right away looked at my dog and my dog's like, I don't care. They're dead. You know, they're <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. they're done. And but it it allowed his dog to have fun and see that other dogs aren't a threat yeah. to her all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've been going out and his dog does a great job now. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I was going to say, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's funny when you see them figure it out. There's, and it seems to be with my dog gauge, it was on a hunt. And I remember that hunt. It was like, I'd put a lot of time in with him and hunted a few times, but there's this one hunt and it seems to be a hunt where you end up doing really well. And he has a lot of opportunity and he just, it was like it clicked. And from that moment, you could then see him sitting, you know, whether he's in his blind or sitting next to me, looking around up in the air, you know, and he, we'd set up before light and he'd go to the edge of the water while we're setting up and look around. It's dark and he's looking around and he's hearing birds that are, you know, maybe buzzing over and just to see him figure that out yeah. and then realize now when we go, he knows when we get in the truck and, you know, it's usually, it's, it's the hardest thing though, being a, a like being a waterfowl hunter and then being a deer hunter I know. is the, <laughs> the alarm goes off. And they think we're going duck hunting. Yeah. And you're like, you're staying home, Gage. <laughs> and you feel horrible. You yeah. leave the whole time you're getting dressed. You're like, oh, I don't even want to do this. He's in he's in there in the bedroom with my wife, on, you know, gets off his bed and he's sitting at the door and you can hear him like breathing. Like, okay, he'll come and get me in a second. And it's the worst feeling. But that, like you say, like, and Chad mentioned it again, not rushing him. Because yeah. I think we all have expectations and we have a tendency to rush into those expectations and we need, yeah. need to let them figure it out. So yeah, there, see, uh, to kind of jump on that with the clicking, was there a moment where you're like, it finally clicked for, for me not to put you on the spot or anything, but <laughs> um, still got a lot to learn, boy. I mean, uh, <laughs> the nice thing about this is um he's bow hunted a few times shot a couple deer but he bird hunts and so now i don't bow hunt either i just bird hunt with him i you know he's had a a real issue with grouse and he he was he was really strange he could not hit pheasants and grouse he could not hit flushing birds but he can hit ducks and that is so backwards yeah, that seems <laughs> i'm like you just put your 
barrel right on him and shoot, you know. And <laughs> what and is he's, that? I, it's all about leading. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was. I could tell even in high school he was just he was starting to get it, and then yeah. he started shooting birds. I think it's more relaxing. And okay, you are going to miss birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I miss a lot of birds. I still do. Yeah. Um, and to get him to figure out that okay, I'm going to miss birds. Relax. And and I just keep as we're shooting. I say, you know, keep your your head down on your gun. You know, hug your gun when you shoot because a lot of times we tend to peek. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I said, just keep down on your gun, and all of a sudden things are starting to click. You know. But, uh, you know, and, and then it reminds me of doing the same thing. But, you know, he's taking, he's, he does a great job. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, we, we on the Contact Outdoors crew, we look to Chad for the most part at, with birds, waterfowl, things like that, that he, we kind of look to him like, I wonder what Chad would think about this article or, you know, th- things like that. So it's paid off, obviously. It's yeah, paid yeah. off the time you've put in with him and, and the time he'll put in with his kids, and uh, yeah, that's... I, I just I did want to say one thing. Go for it. This is when I knew this is a good one. When I knew it clicked for him. Yeah. He took a picture, probably five six years ago, out in Fletcher, and it was a sunrise, and there's snow on the ground, so obviously it's cold. Beautiful sunrise, and he said, "I didn't see a single duck all morning, but this is well worth it." Huh. And that's that makes me know that I taught him. Your yeah. Bottom line is you want to shoot something, but it's just being out there that's important. Yeah, sure. And you you take in everything. You just don't take in the fact that I killed stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. um, when it comes down to that, you're a slob to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, you go out there, you take in the whole experience, and what you get is what you get, and you enjoy it. If you get skunked, you enjoy it. If yeah. you you fill your limit, yeah. it doesn't matter. That's cool. Yeah, that's I, really cool. I, I think we maybe even talked about it last time I was over here, but the, like those sunrises with the snow on the ground and the cold weather, it's like when you're waterfall hunting, there's something that there's nobody I know that would keep their phone in their pocket or yeah. keep their camera in their case. Right. They're taking it out for yeah. that because that is pretty phenomenal yep. to watch. Yeah. And yeah. that's the only place you're going to see it. Yep. If you're sitting in a duck blind, sitting on a marsh or sitting on a slough, it's just, it's amazing to and watch. And like thinking about it too is, a marsh isn't that pretty either. No. It's probably one of the ugliest <laughs> it's places. It's like a swamp. It is the toilet it's brown and black. Of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> and it stinks. But yeah. you, had, you had a sunrise, you got pink, yeah. orange, and all yeah. those colors. That's it's, what gets But yeah, that, in that same spot, just watching him, we had this camouflage mesh stuff set up. And we had a couple groups come, and they just didn't want to come in. And so it's like, let's go. And for some reason, I went across the pond because there's a goose honking. And I said, I'm just going to go see if I can flush that up. And I'm back there. All the camouflage is down, but all the decoys are out. And I'm heading back. And all of a sudden, and I'm on the shoreline. All of a sudden, I see these about 25 mallards lock into the decoys. And he bangs away and drops one. And five minutes later, there's another flock coming in. <laughs> and so to sit there, and, and I'm seeing all the color on their wings because the sun's hitting it yeah. from where I am, and they're coming right into him, and he's knocking them down. 
and and you were still pretty young at the time mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's man that is so rewarding yeah you know i, I can see that it's like because i didn't get it but i got those ducks yeah. you know because yeah. i'm watching him do it yeah. sure and uh yeah when they when they finally just they're shooting birds and <laughs> yeah, it, looking, it's the coolest thing i'm looking forward to that i was yeah. i was shopping this morning for 20 gauge semi-autos already <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I literally was like don't was, don't get him a youth thing though no no well, let him get is, used to the longer stock because yeah. he'll grow into it and then he can always use that gun by the time my kid's 12 i have a feeling he's going to be shooting a 16 inch length of pole anyways <laughs> he's a monster he's is a big he? kid well he shot 12 gauge at what age 14 14 or 15, probably. That was wow fairly small yeah, yeah. and i can see that Even with then. mine he's He's big, but I, I talked to one of my uncles and he had said he had three boys that he raised and all of them think this guy's from North Dakota. I, yeah. He's a resident in Minnesota now. He kept his residence in North Dakota after he got married to a woman in Minnesota for about 10 years. Wow. And just so he could go hunt the resident weeks in North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. That's how serious he is. But now he I owns... Mean, now, wait a minute. I'm not gonna, <laughs> does that mean I can go get a be a resident in Montana and then be like, I'm just married to some girl back here in Minnesota? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you got a place, that's the way he had address. Yeah. So, and, but now he's got... Now he bought property in Minnesota that borders South Dakota and stuff like that. And so he's got three boys and all of them he took them out youth hunting and stuff like that and got really into it and he said the best thing he found was he said don't go buy the single shot 20 gauge or the single shot 410s or anything he said get a semi-auto the semi-autos just the recoil on them is nothing compared to pumps or or the (laughs) single shots and i'm like all right fine i'll go buy another gun i guess (laughs) and so i'm I'm still shooting an 870 Oh yeah, I've been shooting it since I was sixteen. <laughs> it yeah. still That's never awesome. jams on me. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's my duck gun. Yeah. Never jams on me. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Eight seventy is hard to beat. He's been telling it me is. to get a new shotgun, a semi-auto, and I'm like, you know, at this point. I, I don't it might it. be worse for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I yeah. you take a semi out and you're sitting there going, he, yeah. It's he says jam. he says try this and I shoot and it's like did something happen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't feel it. <laughs> Chad, you can pick him up that Super Black Eagle three for yeah, Father's right. Day. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably use that. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I actually think I can shoot just as fast as a semi-auto can, yeah. but I, it's just part of me. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you've had a gun that long, just like any, you know, a, a bow or whatever it is, you start to feel like you've used it for so long, it does be, feel like it becomes part of you. Yeah. yeah. It's like I'm so familiar with how this operates. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes muscle memory. Well, yeah. you you know, you yeah. know how you basketball player. Yeah, you're sh- you don't think about your form shooting. No, that's you just, just do there. it. Yeah, yeah, and it's just part of you, who you are now. So that's it. It relates. That's that's like the best shooters. You always hear the best shooters talk about that. It's like it's just repetition, repetition, yep. doing the same thing mm-hmm. over and over, not deviating from it, and pretty soon it becomes ingrained in 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 the way that you operate. So and um, and put your kids in a position excuse me, position to succeed. Mm. Yeah. Um, because all sports, hunting included, is a head game. Yeah. 
And so oh, you, yeah. you need to keep encouraging them. You need to just keep shooting. Yeah. You know, you'll figure it out. And when we go to the trap ranges and stuff, you can actually see the shot going out. And I'll just say, okay, you're behind it and you're a little high. So make adjustments to that. And, uh, but like I say, let them succeed. Yeah. You know, just keep yeah, encouraging I, all the time. Just I agree like a with dog. that, and that's why. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, and that's why I, I'm such a huge advocate for people that like that they think when they tell me like with my my niece now, when when their parents say I think she has an interest or I think they have an interest in hunting, I'm like take advantage of the youth yeah, waterfall yeah. day because that is going to be some of the best opportunity yeah. they'll ever had. I took out two kids. When they were 15, their first time ever duck hunting, they were down to one gun after the first half hour, and we were limited out in Jeez. two hours. Nice. And that was with a brand new dog, like first time ever duck hunting with that dog, and just like not not the best operation, but it's like... And I told them when we got done, I said, don't expect that every time, because it's not going to happen. No. Yeah. It may never happen again, but this is what it can be if you put your time in. Yeah. yeah. And they went on to duck hunt and they still do and that was 10 years ago so mm. i mean it works and that's why i think those youth hunts are just such a huge thing and yeah people need well, to take advantage of them actually came out right when we came of age yeah. i think when we were yeah. 12 but maybe dad why don't you share about the what what can happen when you try to put someone in a in the well put me and, and a friend in the best position possible during the season and that older gentleman kind of came in. Oh, yeah. Uh, of we, what? Of what? So this is. So this might be to our, I guess, our listeners that they might not have kids. Um, they may be. They may never have kids, but what you what you could potentially do, or what you could potentially impact, uh, or I guess, mark on a younger kid. Um, by your actions around like in hunting situations and specifically with this, it's around with duck hunting, but go ahead. I'm yeah, we were, we went out opening day and we did not even see a duck. I'm talking uh, hundreds of yards away. We did not see a duck. So, but that was the noon opener. And so the next day we're on the same slough and we're hearing ducks come in. We can hear them landing. We can hear them quacking. And it's like five minutes before opening bell that day. And these guys come in from behind us. Now, back in my day, if you see a guy coming towards you, you flash him with a flashlight, and they, they move. Right. That was our rule. Yeah. Everyone obeyed it back when I was your age. Mm. And I flash him, and... It's two guys, and the one lets loose a barrage of cuss words. I can't even, I don't know how they got them all together in one string <laughs> to make sense. And he is screaming at us. And I'm not very comfortable. And so I got, you know, I'm in one spot, and I, they're probably 20 yards to my right, him and another young guy. And then a friend of mine is down on the end and they're coming towards me and he's just screaming at me, you know, I, this is my, no, it's not your slough. We, yeah. we have permission to hunt here. Well, it used to be my slough. And then I'm like, sure. yeah, it used to be, but it is no longer. Yeah. And I just kept telling him and, and I finally said, why don't you just go somewhere and hunt and quit screaming? So what they do is they set up about 15 yards from me. 
and they're shooting at everything that comes in. Oh my gosh. And to the fact to the point where a mallard flew over the top of him, Chad, and he shoots it and the momentum carries it past me and it drops between me and them and their dog's just running loose and their dog just picked it up and brought it back. And I finally and this is we've only hunted like ten, fifteen minutes now. And I went over to the boys and said we need to go. And yeah. they're like, well, why? You know, there's birds around. And I said, I said, I thought the guy was going to shoot me. And yeah. they, they both said, yeah, we thought that too. And that's how bad it got. Gosh. And, and so I just went up and picked up, started picking up. And of course, then they're saying, well, what are you doing? I said, oh, no, we're out of here. You, you got the slew all to yourself without decoys. And he went over to pick up his duck. And they said, oh, we shot that. I'm like, you know, the thing is, if I'm those guys, this is me. If I'm those guys and I see a kid take a shot and I did shoot the duck and he came over, I would give him the bird. Totally. Nice shot, man. Yeah. What is is a duck? Yeah. 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 And so, but... You know, there's the rules you have to teach. Yeah. Um, and not everyone obeys them. Yeah. But you just have to be smart about how you deal with it and, and walk away from the situation. Sure. And they actually got kicked off the slough for good. Yeah. yeah. And so that, there you go. a uh, little backstory is that was private land. Yes. And so you'd think, well, this would only happen on public land, but no, this was private land. Yeah. Um, and I guess we go back to Brian, who confirmed that it is 6%. Um, accessibility is a huge issue, and I think potentially a, a major drawback with mm-hmm. recruitment, um, where an issue like this is, well, we got permission from the landowners on private land, and someone comes in and does that, and it, it's a discouragement to younger people if you're if you really if you're even setting up i mean 15 yards is ridiculous yeah that's insane yeah um but even even to a greater extent i mean just get out of there yeah just leave and i've and actually in maple grove i've even i went out for the metro thing i was just gonna pass shoot i have every right to be there it's private property Mm -hmm. yeah and there were three other guys that came and they set up uh, somewhat close to me, and I went down there about my age, and I went down to him and I said, "Guys, I'm going to be pass shooting on the hill, and it's totally legal where I'm at." And one of them said, "Why don't you just hunt with us?" And yeah. you know what? I did, mm. and I got to know the guys, and I hunted many times with yeah, them, and, yeah. it, and it was a blast. One of the guys left because he doesn't like that kind of stuff, uh, but the uh. other two guys and I. We had a blast. Yeah. And, yeah we, you know, and that's the thing. If there's other guys and you have the ability to invite them to join in with you. Yeah. Um, and they do it with a smile on their face. Well, that's a good thing. Yep. Yeah. You know, only good can come from that. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like last year yeah, with we your had that mallard ex- shoot. Yeah. We had that experience last open or closing weekend of waterfall in the Metro last year. We, Hunting the lake, we always hunt, and on the really cold days, there's nobody out there. But on the decent days, it gets over overwhelmed, and we showed up there. And we by the time we got there, there was three trucks in the lot, 
<clears throat> there's only really two spots to hunt. Yeah. So we we hunted the spot that nobody wanted, and we had a group of four guys, and we got into our spot, got set up. We we're just about wrapped up getting set up, and one of the guys ran up to the truck to grab some more decoys to throw on the ice because we didn't have any no keels with us. So he's up there grabbing them, and a guy pulls up, and he's got a kayak on top of his truck or canoe on top of his truck, and he's by himself, and he goes, and he asked my buddy, he's like, how's it looking? It looks pretty busy. And he goes, yeah, all the spots are taken up. And he goes, and my buddy looked in his truck and he goes, are you alone? And he said, yeah. And he said, come over and hunt with us. Mm-hmm. We ended up getting a five-man limit yeah. that day. And the guy is, I still talk to the guy every couple of weeks. I took him out pheasant hunting with mm-hmm. Chad and yeah. I. And um, see, and I, and I was a young guy. I was in my late 20s when I did that yeah. with those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a common courtesy. It's yeah. if it's a single guy or even two guys, what's it gonna hurt? Yeah, you yeah. know, and and most of those guys, even if you are a guy that's really like, hey, we got four guys, we shoot three limits, we want our birds, we want to take as many as we can home. Those guys that came with that tagged along on the end aren't gonna throw a fit or throw. They might ask you for a bird or two, but that's it. They're not yeah. gonna. They're not gonna try to get their fair share out of every little thing. Right. And and even if they did, who cares? Like you said, it's a duck. It's two yeah. ducks. It's not but a big the, deal. And and another thing about that though is I've always held this every since I was a kid. We split the birds. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you know, if I shoot four birds and you don't get anything, you get two. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so that's yeah, cool. That's what we've done over the years too. Some of those traditions, just respectful traditions, you know, yeah. and you did the right thing too. You know, a lot of any, any mentors or fathers or, you know, mothers that are listening that hunt to do that, to keep cool, keep a cool head in a situation that, you know, all of us, when you're telling that story, me, Joe and Chad, I know all of us are blood's boiling. Like, yeah. Oh, you're just ticked off why somebody would do something like that. And we've all had some experience all too often. It's just, just the nature of how things go. A few people usually give something a bad rap. And if you can be in your, in your response to it can be calm, cool headed and collected like you were. That's what's important in that situation. You know, as mad as it might make you is to take a step back and, and, really think about the situation you're in you know it's hard to do yeah really hard to do yeah if i was wired different i could have easily shot him oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. i i thought i was gonna have to shoot him that's how bad it was yeah and you got kids i mean young guys with you you know i don't know how old you guys were but yeah being that way you're just like okay what are we getting into now yeah i think you're about 14 15 yeah gosh yeah so it, it was just better to pack up and leave and come back another day. And like I say, they were done. That yeah. was their last time out. Yeah. They yeah. got a phone call and said, you're done. Well, good. So, yeah. you know, if you do things, <laughs> yeah, we never saw them again. Um, but, yeah, that's that's part of hunting. Yep. There yep. are some bad hunters out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. For sure. And maybe that's a, another teaching moment, too, is... Not everyone's gonna be like this, so you're gonna yeah. you're gonna run into this yeah. eventually. Yeah. Um, don't be discouraged because there's always a tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. For sure. I don't. I think that that's a good point, Chad. Because I don't think a lot of us 
are prepared for that. Yeah. You know, in a way where we know how to respond or what to do, because you're going to run into it at some point, yep. whether mm-hmm. you hunt, hunt private or public land, there's always some crazy old coot that still thinks he has permission on a place that yep. he lost permission 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you know, I don't know. I, I this is where I hunt now. You know, yeah. it's, we had that, uh, me and my buddies had that up in Aiken on a, on a public land place. You know, but these guys have a, a property that borders up to that public land. And to them, these two guys, it's theirs. You know, that's just, it's mm-hmm. theirs. It's not anybody. And and to get in there, it's it's work. It's like two miles and you can't drive a four-wheeler. And you got to walk in there with either, your, you know, your waders hung over your shoulder and decoys on your back. And it's work to get in there and then to get way back into this spot that you know is going to be good just to have some jerks. Yeah. You know, act like it's theirs, and yeah. you're like, it's public land. Yeah, and we were here before you. Right, you that, that happens in deer hunting a lot, though. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, is you you put a stand up on public land, you come back in the morning, and someone's sitting in your stand. <laughs> <Right? laughs> <It's like, laughs> they don't really. It doesn't cross their mind how that got there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did I put that up, or I think that no? You know, jeez, it's crazy. I I don't understand that. No, you know, no. Because that, that would be the day I would do that, and I got some whacked out guy that's going to take me down. You know, yeah. I just can't in my own ability do that at all. No, that's, no, no, no. Well, that's good. Along with passing the traditions down, it's passing the ethics down. Yes, yeah, very that's, important. That seems like definitely kind of a a, a solid foundation. Is he? Pass that down, but pass the ethics down, too. Yeah, know? and that's that's what I see in him. He's got a passion to hunt. He does it right. He works hard at it. Yeah. Um, but absolutely, like I say, he loves doing it. Um, and, you know, last year we got our, our limit of 30 birds Jeez. for the five of us, all divers. <laughs> that's awesome. And, you know, he's he shoots a few birds and out comes the camera and he's just running around taking pictures and yep, stuff. Yep. And you know what? That's taking in the whole hunt right yeah, there. Totally. That's not I gotta get my birds. Yeah. Preserving um, the memories is part of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's and you, you got one guy that's retrieving birds way out there and he doesn't get the shots like we're getting because we're shooting while he's out there. And so I quit, he quit, he's making Food on his, I don't know what he makes. Biscuits yeah. and gravy, yeah. but, but you know oh, what? Yeah, when, good. It's, so good. when it's in the twenties and you've been out there for four or five hours, and all of a sudden, hot food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a so. plug for Mountain House right there. Yeah, man, that's awesome. But to just kind of chime in with Rob, so he was the one chasing down the birds. He's the exact same way though. Yeah. He doesn't care as yeah. long as he's out there, yeah, chasing, yeah, doing whatever, yeah, contributing. It's it's really it's it's a communal aspect at that point where yeah. you. Well, with hunting, ethics is such an important thing because every one of us sitting here and everyone listening, I know for a fact, has run into a situation where you think for a moment, I have an opportunity to do something here, but it's not quite the way to do it. Yeah. We, every year that opportunity comes up, you know, you see a big mule deer and you're on public land and you glass and you're like, he's just on the other side of the fence. 
and you and you're you know you're out waterfowl hunting and you know you shoot you shoot your limit and you're like but there's ducks everywhere mm-hmm. you know and yeah. you as hunters we're constantly put in the place of having you know the the being put up against testing our ethics yeah are we going to mm-hmm. really hold true to this no matter what or are we going to step across that line and all too often Joe, Joe just sent me a couple things today on Instagram of people getting caught doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And, you know, that's, that's as much being a sportsman, being a hunter, a hardcore hunter as any of it is, mm-hmm. is abiding by the laws and the rules. Yeah. And, and we're, I'd say on every hunt we're that's put in our face. It's like here, here's what's okay. And then here's, there's not a gray area really mm-hmm. it's kind of there's there's this is okay and this is not okay and the not okay is put in front of our face almost every time we go out and we have to continue to hold fast to doing what's right yeah. you know and so passing that down yeah like i've heard you know just with having conversations with chad it's a that part of it's apparent in his lifestyle and it obviously comes from you so that that's another thing to, that we've noticed yeah and even really, even that diver hunt we got stopped by a game warden. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got, everyone's got plugs, everyone's got licenses, everyone's got stamps. We have our life jackets. We are 100% legit. Mm-hmm. So, right, right. And right. it's nice to know that if I go out with you and I've never hunted with you, you're going to, you're not going to be the one that, oh, I don't have a license. I just wanted to come out and shoot stuff. And it's like, <laughs> right. it's like this is not how this works. <laughs> I do not know this kid, so <laughs> yeah. he can do whatever us. you want with him. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, game warden shouldn't bother us. No. There's, there's some really buddies. not nice ones, right. and there's yeah. some really good ones. Up in Itasca, when he was. 11 and my or 10 and my son's daughter was 11 uh, we came in game worn on the dock and i come pulling and he goes how'd you guys do i said oh, we probably caught 50 northerns but they're all hammer handles we kept one and we caught a couple walleyes you know what he said good for you i'm glad you had a good day and walked away didn't even look in the live well sure yeah but yeah. but the thing is is when you're legit, you don't act like you're not. Right, yeah. right. You know, right. you just come yeah. right out and say, "We had a great day," da, 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 yeah. and they don't harass you. Yeah. Right, right. And if you there's like you say, there's no reason to see a game warden's truck or a game warden on the dock or come hiking in, you know, in your deer hunting spot and be worried if you're doing everything right. Yeah, you know, and it, but there is that weird thing. I think we all it's born into us that when I'm driving. And whether I know I did something wrong or not, when I see lights flash in my rear view mirror, my heart drops. Oh, yeah. like, what did I do? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. You know, and obvi- yep. it's very obvious if, if, if I was going too fast, but if not, you know, so there is that part, I think that, like you say, once again, though, that's another thing that the, the older generation can instill in the younger guys. Not to freak out when you see a game warden coming. Yeah, you know, yeah. be with kids and oh man, there's a game warden. What's he want? What's he doing? Yeah. If you act that way, then the then the kids are going to be that way. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a bad person to come in contact with when that's mm-hmm. not the case. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it was really forthright with the warden when we shot the thirty. Was well, how'd you guys do? We had a great day. We shot our limit. Yeah. Well, how many guys were there? There were five of us. 
well, geez. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, we've got, we've got the birds here. I'll lay them out for you and everything. And he, he looked through the birds and it wasn't, it wasn't an issue. Um, I mean, we all shot six birds. I mean, it was incredible. How awesome. And, and we did admit, because he did it, he asked, he's like, Hey, how many cripples did you got? Because a cripple does count towards your limb. And we're like, we got one. And so, yeah, we technically are over and we admitted that to him. And he's like, that's, that's fine. You, he said one, no, <laughs> no way. And I'm like, yeah, one That's what he's Di- like. divers is not something you cripple one bird. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. So he said, we were shooting lead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Haven't you tried that? Well, that was the only funny part is, uh, so our, my nephew is with us and, you know, we get, we get our limit cause we get, uh, we had five redheads come through and I just said, I just said, shoot the three drakes and we dumped the drakes and we had, we were down to, we can shoot four more birds, four cans come through and we dump all four. And we're celebrating and all that. And, and all of a sudden we hear a boom. <laughs> what was that? He says, That's, I'm celebrating. I just shot one up in the air. And it's like, okay, no, no, no problem. So, Taking so we, we, come, we come in and the game warden says, well, let me check out the guns. And, and he's shooting an 870 and I am. Mm-hmm. Okay, my chamber's open out of the gun case. And I just hand it to him. And so he, we're pulling the guns out, Chad and I are. And he pulls out Andrews and opens it up, and the empty comes flying out. I'm like, oh my oh, god, no. that's an odd thing for me. And that's not illegal because it is an empty, but yeah, it's he's suspect. Like, he's yeah. like, I didn't do that, and all of a sudden we figured out we did. You did a celebratory thing, yeah. and he's yeah. like, oh no. That's right. <laughs> Andrew has been kind of been mentored along for the past three years or so. But for those uh, fathers and mothers out there that are mentoring their kids is always just double check after the hunt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just in a way, kind of go through that, that checklist that you go through yep. and, and, and go over it with them. And it's, it's not necessarily a chore and I guess try not to make it a chore. I don't know how you'd, approach it um but just say this is this is a firearm this or whatever yeah. you're doing yeah. Um, yeah. this is what we need to go through yeah and, and even with fishing stuff too it's okay we got to make sure that our hook is you know hits the the little lure i don't even know the little lure oh, eyelet tab, at the, yeah. um at the bottom just so we have everything secure for the boat ride and get your life jacket on it's just it's the safety check at the end yeah. of the you day know, for, too. For oh, you though, when he was six, seven years old, and he'd come out goose hunting with me, he had a little BB gun with him. There's yeah. nothing in it, but he yeah. had a BB gun in it. And I'd just say, "Your safety on, yeah. Watch your barrel. Watch yeah. your barrel. Watch your barrel." Yeah. And and within a couple times, he was a champ. Yeah. Yeah. Even though there's nothing in it. And he never brought that up. He said, "Well, there's nothing in it anyway." Uh, right. I don't. I don't care. I don't mm-hmm. like looking at a barrel. Yeah. Right. Right. I agree. And that's what a, a buddy of mine, um, Dan, I've diver hunted with him a few times with his, and he'd bring his kids, and it would be the coldest mornings ever. And 
he would make sure that they brought a BB gun and it was a, a means where if you're, if you're duck hunting, you're usually hunting, especially a diver hunt, you're getting there early, you're setting up, it's cold. You got to let the kids run around a little yeah. bit, yeah. bring a BB gun or bring something where they can in a way play with it and kind of feel like they're even more of a part of the hunt, yeah. but yeah. have them go behind the blind and go shoot cattails or something. And uh, I mean that, for them, it's exciting because the cattail blows up, and yeah. it's like, "Whoa, that's Got one!" one. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's great. Warms them up. Yeah, yeah. I, I hunted with Andrew's dad uh, when we were younger, and he he hung it up, and he gave Chad his eight seventy, and Chad gave his that eight seventy back to my brother's son yeah the wingmaster yeah Yeah. we posted that article on the website and chad's got that article up that's a good one Mm -hmm. whenever i'm going to show somebody some good a good piece of writing i show them that especially Uh, the part where you're talking about the geese and how they're the b17 and the like that part the it's just awesome i take them to that i'm like read this this is exactly (laughs) if you want to know how it is this is how it is yeah see that that was one of the things i was going to mention and whether it makes it or not but uh um, I went grouse hunting with my brother many times, and he shot birds, ducks, and stuff. We'd go out to Wyndham, Minnesota, and there's a ton of birds on the sluice there. But uh, he's the only guy I know. You know, when we go grouse hunting, we have five five rounds in our gun. And he flushes this bird, and I'm watching the whole thing. He flushes this bird at 12 o'clock and misses 11 o'clock, 9 o'clock, Eight o'clock, so like a turret gunner, <laughs> boom, 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 five, five shots in range and never touched it. I, I could have shot at it, but I was just laughing. So I just boom, boom, boom. That's awesome. <laughs> I've told him that story so many times. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll go on record. My first grouse was with that same shotgun. And it was four shots. It took me four shots to shoot my first grouse out of the air. All at the same grouse, though? Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> go on record. But you hit it. Because <laughs> a lot of people are like, well, you only need two or you only need one because a grouse will take anything. But no, I, I legitimately needed four shots yeah. to put that thing down. Gosh. But see, when we hunt some of the state land, that they there's wardens around and stuff. Um, you have to have a steel shot. Because there's there's ducks in there, yeah. and if you're going to shoot a duck, uh, woodcock, I don't know what the law is on a woodcock, if you have to have steel shot or not. Yeah, that's a good one. The you know so, I think it's yeah on the yeah it is steel are. shot. I'm sorry, uh, mag. You know, do you have a plug in? Yeah, yeah. Do you need a plug for hunting woodcock? Because I'd prefer to carry five shells in my gun. Yeah. But since we don't really know or it's kind of a gray area, we just do three shots. Yeah, sure. So. Yeah. Well, good deal, guys. Well, this is a good episode. I like this. Yeah. This is good. We hope that everyone out there uh, learned something here. And it was an honor to sit down with you, sir. It was a great oh, meet, yeah. meet the legend, Chad's dad. <laughs> yeah. We've heard a lot. We just, uh, Joe's met. Joe's man. Yeah. I'm not the legend. I'm the old man. <laughs> That's usually the legend. <laughs> the legend is usually the old man, but you don't seem too old. You're right in it. You seem to be right in it. So it, it's uh, thanks for joining us again, Chad. Thanks for bringing us over here and yeah. and having your dad talk to us a little bit. And guys, if you're out there and 
you know, we, we kind of say this every time, but especially for this episode, this conversation is what Contact Outdoors is all about. It's come in contact with the outdoors. And for a lot of us, we've had mentors and maybe you don't have a mentor right now. Reach out, reach out to us. We'll do our best to point you in the right direction in whatever you want to get into. If we don't know the answer, we probably know somebody who has the answer. So whatever you're interested in, whatever you want to get involved in, whether it's waterfowl or archery hunting or western hunting or fishing, whatever it is, just uh, give us a shout. Hit us up on Facebook or Instagram or email or on our website, and we'll point you in the right direction. That's that's try. That's kind of what we're here to do is try to inspire you to do some of this stuff. Yeah, and yep. if you have a tribute to your father, send it over. Send it over. Yeah, yeah. totally. Write write something up. We're we're always looking for someone to share an experience or a story or anything, um, you know, that, that means something to you. So send it over to us and, and we'll take a look at it and, and throw it up on the website or, um, you know, share it with, with people. We, we say it all the time, but what we're doing is we're trying to continue to put a positive narrative out there in front of people, um, when it comes to hunting in the outdoors, because there are definitely people who are not a fan of the lifestyle that we choose to live and we want them to see the best parts of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thanks again. And, guys, we will see you on the next podcast. The Contact Outdoors crew would like to send out a sincere thank you to all of our listeners. The Backcountry Dreaming Podcast is brought to you by Contact Outdoors and directed by Brian Holberg. Original music and audio production by Nakota Rankin. Connect with us online. Links to our website, Instagram, and Facebook be found in the show notes.